still in wonderful Saskatoon, and I'm sitting with... Cecile Copens. Oh, hi, Cecile. How are you? Very well, thanks. Um, you served where? In Nigeria. In what year? 1981 to 84. And three years? So you stayed longer than normal? Yes, I did like what I was doing so much and like the community, so I extended for a third year. What community did you serve in? I was in Vandikya in Benue State. Van? Vandikya. Vandikya. And I'm looking at some pictures you brought. Thank you for sharing them. I'm seeing pictures of military. Oh, we had a visit, a state visit from officials one time, and it was a very big deal for the school. So we had ceremonial talks. And everybody got all what did you, spruced up. What did you do there? I was teaching deaf children. Ah. It was a, it was, I was at St. Francis School for the Deaf and Blind. It had been started some years earlier by a Canadian reverend sister from Ontario. She was part of Our Lady's Missionaries, based in Toronto, and she was a trained teacher of the deaf, and her specialty was starting projects. So she would go to various countries and start a school for the deaf and get it established, and then she would move on to other territory after that. So this was about the third school, I think, in the world that she had started in, in various countries where they had missions. So it was really, really well established by the time I got there, and it was growing to the point where she needed extra teachers. So by the time I got there, there were two Nigerian teachers on staff, and her, Sister Gwen, and myself. And then when she left, we had a Nigerian sister take over. She had trained in the United States and was a very skilled uh, teacher of the deaf, and she was principal of that school for a while, and then she went back actually to get her master's degree in the United States. And by that time I left, so I didn't get to see her afterwards. What were you teaching in this school? What I was part of the curriculum? I was teaching all subjects to young children, uh, junior level, about nine, ten years old, something like that. Were you teaching them sign language? Yes, indeed. When I applied to work with QSO, I assumed that I would be at a government teacher's college. I was told that the type of positions that were most likely to be available would have to do with training teachers to go out and teach primary grades because I had been a, a primary school teacher. But I was teaching at the provincial school for the deaf when I applied. And after I went through the process, here I received this invitation to join the staff of a school for the deaf. It was so amazing, and I'm really glad I did. It was a wonderful environment. The school itself had two classrooms, and in the middle was the principal's office and the tiny library. And over the course of the expansion and the growth of the number of students, the, during the three years I was there, it eventually became, we would get these partitions. You can see in some of the pictures there are partitions in the classrooms. So the rooms got subdivided into smaller and smaller sections so that each teacher could have their own little little classroom. So oh. wasn't that nice? Oh, so, so instead of having a big class, you were... Uh, having concentrated classes of smaller... Well, we had four teachers and only two classrooms. So oh, I see, I yes. see. Yes, so instead of adding on to the school, we added dividers and sat closer together. Yes, definitely. And then a, a blind unit was added, and the principal who actually was in there right after the founding principal was a blind man. He became the principal of the School for the Deaf and Blind. Oh. So there were two blind students that he taught and then the rest of us taught the deaf students. 
So it was quite an operation with all the different languages and backgrounds of the people who were there. Now, in, in Kenya and in other countries I know a little bit about, when a child is born deaf or blind, it seems like it, it, there are uh, traditions that say that's a curse. In, in Nigeria, how are children who are deaf treated in their community? Like there other was, children? There was very little done for them in terms of education, at least in Benway State. This, our school was only, I think, the second school for the deaf in the state. Uh, the children were very well capable of maneuvering and doing a lot of things, and they, they seemed to be accepted fairly well. I don't really know at the personal family level, but to come to this school, the, originally the families, the families had to find a family in the village to board their students. They would... Uh, come from their home villages oh, in the surrounding areas, and they would stay with a family in that village of Vandikya. Okay. Until expansion happened and more and more were coming in, and we did eventually get some government money. And the principal had a very big house, and we were able to hire extra staff mm, along the lines of a house parent. And then there was actually a dormitory situation for many of the students to stay. And his, the principal's wife became the matron, the cook type of thing, and there was a... Uh -huh. uh, like there was auxiliary staff, which made it much more of a, a bigger community and more support services. So that worked really well for, by the time I left, it was functioning very well. Did the children learn some crafts and other things besides communication skills? I don't remember particular emphasis on crafts or projects like that at our school. Because your beautiful postcards, by the way, look at this, everybody. Mm -hmm. Look at these yeah. weaving oh, and, yes. and uh, poof making and look at that. Baskets. Stunning. Are these baskets? I think they're calabashes. Baskets? Calabashes, calabashes, I think, carved. Yeah. Carved. When you think of Nigeria, and by the way, she's got this gorgeous, huge map, town by town, when you think of Nigeria, oh, what did you come back and do when you came back? I came back in 1984, and I ended up doing a little substitute teaching that first year at the School for the Deaf here where I had taught before because there was a teacher there who had to go out for six weeks with a detached retina, so I did that for a while at that school. And then I went into a different direction with my teaching career at that time because in coming back from... Nigeria, I traveled the scenic route through Kenya and Sri Lanka and Japan. I spent a couple of months traveling my way back. <laughs> that's, that's a scenic route. And I certainly found out what it means to be illiterate because mm -hmm. here I was with all of this education in English and it did not help me to read a restaurant menu or a bus sign or anything yeah. in those countries where I was traveling. And I gained a whole new appreciation for adult literacy. And when I came back, I had a shift in focus for education. I took some um, positions with community college teaching adults. So I did that for a couple of years, and then as one thing leads to another, I ended up going to teach English as a second language in China. That was my next international uh, move. So I did that for three semesters. Hmm. And now you're back here in Saskatoon? Now I'm back here. Thinking about volunteering with us again? No, maybe someday. We'll see. <laughs> but I made a career shift at that time, too, partly influenced, I suppose, by the Chinese experience with the 
Chinese medicine. I did some studies in that. And, oh, okay. And I did decide to go into holistic health and actually shifted careers and became a registered massage therapist. So that took me out of the classroom for a number of years now. Very good but massage therapist. My. <laughs> if you need anything, oh, my back is much better. Good, good. <laughs> a registered massage therapist yes. from the teacher in Nigeria. Uh, amazing. See, I think every 10 years we change our career. Yes. It yeah. happens to many, many people. So right. thank you for bringing these pictures. And uh, we're going to be having our reunion in Vancouver in December 4th and 5th. And one of the things is going to be a curated exhibit called the Backpack of Memories. Oh. And we're asking return volunteers to put a box together, label everything, and uh, we have a curator from the museum who will be putting this exhibit together. Um, and I think some of the things that I've seen you guys bring around, especially photos like this, I can't believe the photos of you here. You look very different. <laughs> well, it was many years ago. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. My pleasure.